this, I understand this because I know what happened to my life when I started eating cleaner, when I started deciding to take care of myself and love myself in that way. And I saw how my behavior and my energy changed. Welcome to the Good Clean Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Purdy, integrative dietitian and nutrition educator. And in this very special episode, we are joined by Orgain's founder and CEO, Dr. Andrew Abraham, and award-winning artist, actor, and activist, Common. Today, we'll be talking about their upcoming collaboration and how to make healthy plant-based foods accessible, affordable, and appealing to all. But first, a bit about each of them. Dr. Andrew Abraham is an integrative medicine physician and the CEO and founder of Orgain. Common is an Academy Award, Golden Globe, Emmy, and Grammy-winning artist, actor, producer, and also a vocal health and lifestyle activist, which is what brings us together today. He began his wellness journey in the 1990s and in 2020 launched a YouTube series, Commonwell, to share the self-care knowledge and tools to provide access and education to everyone, but specifically members of the Black and Brown community. Now, I got to take a deep breath there because as somebody who cares deeply about issues related to social justice and who is a huge proponent of food as nutritional medicine and who just happens to love hip hop, I feel just incredibly lucky and so honored to be able to host this conversation today. So welcome, Common. It's so amazing to have you on the podcast. Mary, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to talk to you, to hear your voice. It's wonderful to be here with Andrew, with Dr. Andrew Abraham, who I call Andrew. And I'm excited, man. This is this is what I, I live for. And thank you for that beautiful intro and your energy already. So thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you, Dr. Abraham. It's so wonderful to have you back on the podcast. You kicked it off. Thank you, Mary. No, I appreciate it. And please call me Andrew moving forward. We're extremely excited to be here and, and sharing some thoughts with Common. So thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Well, let's get started. I would love to know what brought you two together. Andrew, maybe you can uh, kick us off with that. Yeah, I would say it's, it's a common interest for sure. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. You know, my life was transformed through nutrition after dealing with cancer. And a Common will attest to the fact that his life was also transformed through nutrition. So that grounding for both of us is extremely important. And through our partnership with Orgain, we're able to spread this message of clean living and clean nutrition to the world. So we aligned on the key things and the key values that are most important to myself and really bringing this message of nutrition to everybody. So we know the power of it. And now our hope is to harness that power and share it with the world, which is why we're together today. And we're going to be talking about increasing access to healthy plant-based foods. And Common, I would love to understand from your perspective, what does it mean to you to make more plant-based foods accessible? It means life. It means giving communities that are normally overlooked and disrespected, you know, and giving those communities life. And because nutritional healing, a healing needs to take place in these communities because a lot of these communities have been bombarded with foods and drinks that are not beneficial to living, healthy living, to a better living, being at your best to the joy we just talked about. So for me, it's, a, it's really about like exposing our people to the, this healthier way of lifestyle, making it beautiful, making it clean, like 
letting them understand that this is something they can be a part of and how it will affect them. Mm, so it really is about giving back life to these communities that have been historically marginalized, that may have not have had access to these kind of healthy products, these clean living techniques, as you've mentioned. So really allowing for people to understand how that can have a life-changing impact. And in terms of people actually having access to healthy food, we've obviously seen a really disproportionate impact in communities of color. And I'm curious from your perspective, Common, what health impact do you feel like this is having on those communities? What have you seen in your community? You know, Mary, I was, <laughs> one day I was sitting around, it was my birthday, and I was sitting around with a lot of close friends. We were talking about the violence going on in Chicago. And we all were given our perspective of what could heal that and what could resolve it. And once person that was there was a vegan chef who I work with a lot, plant-based. Her name is Lauren Underpool. She goes by the Queen of Green. She said something that made us all turn. She said, it's the food. We fed our kids cleaner foods and cleaner, and, and they were drinking cleaner drinks. They wouldn't have that energy towards violence. And I truly believe I really had never thought about it, but I was like, that is an important component to the activity that we see going on when it comes to violence and the behavior that we see going on with young people in, in these communities, in our communities, in my hometown. I really was like, wait, I know this, I understand this because I know what happened to my life when I started eating cleaner, when I started deciding to take care of myself and love myself in that way. And I saw how my behavior and my energy changed. And I said, why didn't I think of that? But I thought it was so brilliant that she thought of it. And I think it's something that we don't actually constitute as one of the effects of, you know, when I say we, I'm talking about American society as one of the effects or causes of what is going on in our inner cities when it comes to the trauma and, and the violence. Mm. Yeah. So diet changes can not only affect internal health, mental health, but this idea of like inflammation in our society. And I, I know that inflammation in the body is also something that Andrew is a specialist in. So talk a little bit about this lack of access to these healthy plant-based foods and this healthy diet and lifestyle. What impact do you think it's having from a medical perspective? I mean, I think it's clear that we're seeing that what we put in our bodies has a dramatic impact on the diseases we get. So we have the, in the U.S., even though we're the most advanced country, we have the highest rates of diabetes, the highest rates of obesity. And it's a direct correlation to what we're putting in our bodies. What we put in our bodies, our diet, is the most powerful form of medicine. At the same time, it could be the slowest form of poison. So we have to keep this in mind as we think about what we put in our bodies and starting off early and setting the tone early for kids and making sure that they're educated on what foods are going to help them in every way becomes exceedingly important. So I think setting the tone and, and really plant-based foods in particular, which is a, the cornerstone of Commons diet and myself having a plant forward diet, you get all of those phytonutrients, the antioxidants, the polyphenols, it's nature's medicine cabinet. Mm. Yeah, not only does it affect the incidence of disease, but to Common's point, I think it affects how you feel, your mood, how you carry out your day, you know, what you're going to do that day, how you feel. And I think it can empower you. In a lot of ways, I think it can empower you to do good. 
So this power of nutrition reaches far beyond disease. I think it impacts every aspect of your life and you could use it to really take that energy and do good with it. And that's the hope. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Food is medicine. Food is healing. Food is hope. And common, I know you've got a really personal story about this. You've been very vocal about adopting a plant-based diet. This has improved your health, the health of your communities that you've seen, but also specifically, you've talked about how it's improved your craft as an artist. So talk a little bit about your journey and what results you saw when you adopted a plant-based diet. Yeah, Mary, if, you know, I grew up on the South side of Chicago, so I was eating barbecue, you know, and something that Andrew just said that it kind of computed in my head, like, wow, as a kid, my reward for doing good was candy and like sugar and, you know, like some pizza. Now, listen, my mother didn't know, my teachers weren't aware that I was damaging me the way it was, but it was. And I was blessed, a fan of hip hop and Hip hop actually was the first vessel or vehicle that started bringing health awareness to my life. And I was a teenager eating everything that you could, but it was hip hop that said, hey, these foods are not good for you, but it, it was putting it in a, in a really clever and creative way. It was coming from artists that I really respect and they said it's so fresh. That I was like, wait, what do you mean? It was when I first started hearing about vegetarian when KRS-One said in the song, my philosophy about not eating meat, or chicken or turkey or hamburger. To me, that suicide is self-murder. Mm. So I'm sitting there listening, though I'm still eating, I'm digesting and taking it in. And eventually I started saying, man, what do they mean by this? And the more they kept explaining, doing songs called beef, and they would, they would break down the, how beef was, and I was like, wow. So eventually I said, man, I want to do better for myself. And I made a choice to stop eating certain meats first, pork and then beef. And I remember trying to eat beef after I ate beef. Three weeks after I stopped, I tried to eat it and I felt so heavy and so weighed down. And I was like, oh, this is this is my own research. I don't need anybody else to tell me anymore. I, this is, I know I, I don't need to eat this. So mm. eventually, that became me st stopping to eat chicken. And I surrounded myself with, I moved to New York and I was around people who were great chefs and doing cooking vegetarian. And it was amazing. Then I started noticing the difference, Mary, on how I was as an artist. Then I was like, wait, my voice sounds clearer. I can listen to my records from 95 and hear all type of congestion. I can hear it in the record. Now, you know, it's like, I had a clarity in the way that I was thinking. I had more energy. Look, I just was breakdancing on stage at 50 years old, right? Like, look, I know that that has to do with me in a cleaner diet and, and being aware, health aware for myself and taking care of myself in those ways and seeing the value in, in the nutrients that come out of vegetables and drinking water and making sure that I have drinks like Orgain that, that when I need something that's you know, in the protein family and need something that's, that's going to give me energy, it's clean. It's good. When I drink it, I'll be able to go on stage and, and have energy and not be weighed down. So that was the, the incubation and this has been the path and it's been something I continue to learn. You know, I don't profess to be all knowing when it comes to health and awareness, but I am 
a believer in it and a seeker and in a practice, I practice it. I made a pact with myself to do partnerships and only speak up for things that I truly believe in, things that I believe will be beneficial to people, not just me, to people. So when I spoke with Andrew, when the Orgame partnership was being talked about, as soon as I met with Andrew, I was like, this is where I need to be. This is what I'm living for, like in partnership where I can do something that's life changing for millions of people, for people across the planet. That's what I want to be a part of. And it's so powerful that you've got this really personal story where you saw the benefits, your mind was clearer, you had more energy, your actual vocal quality was better when you changed your diet. And then therefore you were able to begin to to bring some of this information to others through your music, through your activism. And that's just amazing. And you know, I'm curious because it can sound really easy when we just say, well, just stop eating meat or just start reducing it and bringing these things in. But there's a lot of barriers that come up for people. So I'm curious from both of you, what are some of the biggest barriers you have seen for folks who are maybe interested in adopting a plant-based diet, but they're kind of like, ah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to make it work. What do you hear most often? Yeah, I mean, I could start. I'll tell you that in my medical practice and even with my friends and family, there's a resounding theme. And I think it's small changes, big differences. And if you make small changes in your everyday diet, they have a dramatic impact on how you feel. So what Common just mentioned is a testament to that. His life is a testament to the fact that when he had plant-based foods, he felt better. And when he felt better, he wanted to pursue it further, learn more about it and adopt that lifestyle. So it happens in steps, though. It wasn't a switch that common turned on on day one. It happens as a progression. Even my patients, I tell them, look, you don't have to go completely plant based on day one, but replace these foods with this. And it comes from them, not from me, that they come back to me and say, you know what? I feel better. Orgain today, we send product to 50 sports teams. We don't necessarily advertise to sports teams, but the one thing we always hear is we don't know why, but our athletes feel much better. Our professional athletes, right? These are ones that have the top help in the world, the top medical doctors. I grew up in a family of physicians, but we still had soda in the fridge. We still ate fast food all the time. Medicine has failed us in telling us about this power of nutrition. So it's up to us to tell others about the power of nutrition, to educate them. And then from there, they take over because they start to feel the difference in their everyday life. They feel their health difference. They get their blood work back and all of a sudden their cholesterol's down. Everything is significantly better and they want to continue on that track for their health and wellness journey. You know, I know, Carmen, that you have made a lot of strides with trying to increase access to people who are in underserved communities. And I'd love to hear more about what you've done and what you've seen as a result of making some of these foods or these concepts more accessible. What discoveries have you made or seen? Well, just to give you a quick glance at my philosophy is like, my philosophy is like Harriet Tubman, right? Harriet Tubman was the woman who escaped from slavery and came back and went and got other people mm -hmm. and freed so many people. You know, she was a genius when it comes to freedom. We talk about geniuses. She was a genius when it came to freedom. My mentality is to get as much information and bring it back to the people and communities that I come from. What I've been blessed to do is to start a foundation called the Common Ground Foundation, which is dealing with youth between the ages of, of 14 and 18. It's primarily based in Chicago, but it's also it's reached 
California now, we are also in LA, but we've been teaching our kids, not only academic, not only creative awareness, but nutritional and health benefits. And they've been putting them into practice. We also have a social activist component, which is amazing. But that being said, I've witnessed our kids make healthier choices and them give me testimonies. So that's been one way I've been able to bring it back to the community. Another is also through AIM, a school we started in Chicago, which is less than two miles away from where I grew up on the South side. It's art in motion, so it's art-based, but we have meditation at our school. We also obviously getting healthier foods and drinks like Orgain, which will definitely be in our school. And those things are like ways for me to just bring it back to the hood, bring it back to our communities and make it natural too. Because one of the things too, that when we talking to people about taking these steps, yeah, at first you might be like, Man, drinking this much water, I gotta drink this much water, yes. But after a while, it becomes a way of life. And you have to allow yourself to go through that process, go through the process of sometimes even feeling like getting those headaches because you t- remove certain things because that's your body detoxing from some of those things. But the point is, it's like, I think it's been important for me to have organized ways of bringing it back and also participate in conversations and also just offer the things like to bring the products back. Like I've been a part of different events and programs that have helped with, and when it comes to food deserts and, and just bringing healthy and nutritional things. And, and once again, that's why I felt very powerful and inspired about my partnership with, with Orgain because it's one of the ways I can go up to the basketball courts or talk to the kids at the, just running, you know, the games and, and sports and make sure we have something for them that eventually will change their appetite. You know, if they if we can consistently have them doing it. And one of the things we want to do, I know, is I want to get it into our public schools. I want to get like these nutritional plans and clean and healthy living into our public schools, which will be the lifelong generational change. And we want to change generations. Absolutely. Yeah. Starting with kids and getting them eating healthy and aware of how the foods make them feel is imperative. And I'm going to take a sip of water right now since you just reminded me we should stay hydrated. Hold on now. Yeah. Now, Andrew, yes. and I want to find out more because I know, Andrew, there's a real effort on Orgain's part to try and bring more food and more potentially Orgain's products to organizations and communities that are that are of lower socioeconomic background. And I would love to know what your guys are doing. What's the word? Yeah, so I set out back in 2009 when I first started Orgain. There was a very simple goal. It was to create the cleanest protein and nutritional products and make them accessible to anyone and everyone. So we've really adopted that discipline since day one. And our hope is to make this more and more accessible to everybody. As Common said, that the power of nutrition is everlasting and people adopt the lifestyle and stick with it. Orgain for us is a beacon of light. We want to really shed light on the fact that in food deserts and in areas that have lower socioeconomic statuses, there's a real disconnect. There's a real disconnect between what's being put in our bodies, what the education component is, and what's being done about it. Orgain wants to flip that completely on its head and bring the cleanest products to everybody. And I think what happens is, is that as more and more consumers are able to access clean products and utilize them in their daily life, it has an immediate impact, not only on how they feel, but their future, right? Their longevity, 
how they do in school, everything. So nutrition being a foundation, and I agree with common, it's nutrition is one of the foundational pillars. I think managing your stress, your mindfulness, all of that plays into this as well. But Orgain wants to be a true light in making sure that we not only do we help and push our products in any way that we can to bring it to people that need them the most, but more importantly, to shed light on the disparity and educate people on nutrition being a powerhouse for the whole world. And honestly, the one thing that I know is that through food care, you solve our healthcare crisis. Today, we have a major healthcare issue in that hospitals are overloaded, patients are taking 10 medications and, and more. And the only way to truly solve that is not through bills and not through trying to figure out what other medicines to give. It's to change the foundation. It's to solve the nutritional aspect of it, because if you solve that part, there's no need for medicine. And that's really our hope. It's that medicine cabinet in the kitchen, in your cabinets, yes. in the garden, right? Yes. And, you know, I know we've been talking a lot about the disproportionate impact on communities of color. And I want to flip this around for a second and offer this and ask you comment about this. Now, I know that you're not a chef. You don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen, but I'm curious, you know, Plant-based eating is not necessarily a new concept, especially for people who are of African heritage. And I would love to hear about some of the cultural traditions from the African diaspora food-wise around plant-based foods, and as well as some of the, the amazing contributions that Black and Brown communities have made to the plant-based movement. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. One of my first introduction to what the Caribbean culture, which is obviously came from the African diaspora initially, is... Itao, Itao eating, which means there's no meat involved in Itao. I guess it's a, a Jamaican word for, for vegetarian. So I was introduced. That was one practice that had come from the African diaspora that was already, I was vegetarian and I was eating Itao at that time sometimes. Though I was also, obviously they had jerk chicken and those things. So at that time I was still eating that too. But that being said, I've just recently been able to eat I was spending some time in London and I recently ate at a Ghanaian restaurant and the food was, it was all plant-based and it was delicious. What they did with the, with the spices and whew, I mean, it was incredible. And my friends who do eat meat were very, very pleased with, with what we were eating. So that was something that was traditional. And, and you know, when you think of people, I mean, you could go to legends like Dick Gregory, who was a, a black comedian who was very innovative in his ways, but also always talked about health and nutrition and eating clean and, and vegetarian to the great Dr. Sebi, who many know from, and I got a chance to connect with who, he was Honduras, a black man that was like, brought so much health and wellness to so many people who were dealing with disease and ailments and illnesses. He was healing from the land. Like I went to his village, Usha village in Honduras and really just at that time was just taking herbs and eating fruits and vegetables. And it was the cleanest I had ever been in my life. And I was glowing. I felt like I could just like lift myself just mentally. Like I could just fly. That's what I felt like. That, you know, so from Dr. Sabi to who I also mentioned earlier, Queen of Green, like Lauren Vanderpool is someone, you know, another person who I've seen who's taken and she's done work in our communities. Like she's from D.C., she's from the hood in D.C., but she's taking it back to those communities 
and really taught a lot about nutrition and wellness. But Mary, it's one of those things that I think, you know, Andrew and I know one of the ways that we have to express it to our communities is to make it beautiful, to make it good. The way I, same way I said that KRS made it sound good to me, we got to make it sound good and, and be beautiful. It has to look good. So that's why when people ask me, oh, come in, well, you look like this and this and that. I'm like, man, it's the foods. It's the way I'm eating. It's the eating and keeping that joyful spirit and having a spiritual foundation and centering. And so anyway, I think those are the ways that has been a history of us eating. I mean, it's probably many more places in that I can, countries that I can go to in, in Africa that have gotten into just plant-based diets. I would love for someone from those countries to, to tell more about that culture, but I definitely have recognized it from my experiences of eating at those places. Excellent. And yeah, it's got to taste good. It's got to look good. And otherwise people are not going to eat it. I have experienced that myself. So if we're thinking about those who are in neighborhoods who may not have access to grocery stores, you called it food deserts, other people call it food apartheid, or they may not have funds. What can we do to help people get started, especially when they feel like, God, it's expensive. I don't want to buy acai berry or I don't have money to buy this kind of stuff. Where can people get started with just starting with some simple plant-based foods that are healthy for them? Yeah, I mean, I would say first, you know, the, the most important thing, Mary, is that we look at the cost of food and don't think about the true cost of the food. So yes, a Big Mac may cost $3.99, but you pay for it with your health. That's the real cost, right? So the question is, First, I think we have to get everyone grounded in really what the true cost is. So the true cost is not in the dollars and cents. Absolutely, we understand that and we have to solve for that for sure. But really it's in the cost of that you're paying dearly with your health, with every bite you take, it affects trillions of cells in your body immediately. So I think that education component has to happen first. Two, I think Companies like Orgain and others really have to join together and do everything we possibly can to make these foods as accessible as possible. Also, basic fruits and vegetables. There's paths to getting these to food deserts and getting them into cities that don't have access to them in a way that's much more approachable from a cost perspective and also from a beauty perspective. You know, making sure that families understand how they can incorporate some of these nutrients in their diet. I always push the rainbow diet, right? Trying to get different colors in your diet every day and pushing it in a beautiful way, I think is going to prove to be extremely important. You don't get too many colors at a fast food chain, you know, or from a local convenience store. It's very, very tough. So I think it's an education component. It's really solving the accessibility through making it as easy to obtain these wonderful fruits and vegetables and other foods as possible and really pushing a kind of a plant-forward diet in how you feel in your life. This lifestyle doesn't have to feel so distant to our communities. It doesn't have to feel as foreign as, I think part of it is because we didn't grow up with, let's just get down to the grid of it, like black communities, the foods that we were eating initially came from what we were given as slaves, what we were able to eat, right? So some of the habits and foods that we've, passed on have been good to us because that's what we had to eat and that's what we could eat and it, it, we made it taste good and but no one was educated as Andrew said about the effects of it so now it's like okay let's make this part of our cultures it has to be integrated into our culture and I think it can be done by companies 
saying, hey, we're going to make this accessible by also bringing in people. I'm not the only artist out there who's vegan and plant-based. There's some young cats out there that's just like younger cats that's just, they gangster with the rap, but they vegan. So I mean, it, just making it accessible and the people that talk about it in discussions, making it more like true to life. And also, also making it valuable in a way what Andrew said was very powerful because, you know, you'll pay for it in another way. But I also believe, too, that it's worth paying for. Yeah. So this is a true investment for your future, for your health, your mind. And I think what's so important to make sure that we are not saying putting the blame on the person who hasn't been able to have access to those foods. So this is about habitual patterns, a lack of access, a lack of education, but ultimately it's about getting more diversity into our diet. And we got to think about the cost of the environment, the cost, the biodiversity loss that we see with the, the monocultures that we're growing, the foods that we're serving today. And it goes beyond just people's choices. It really is about these policy changes, these systemic changes. You know, one thing I think is an interesting statistic is we don't even produce, we do not even grow the number of fruits and vegetables that we recommend in our dietary guidelines. So there's a huge disconnect there. And we are producing over 500% of the red meat that we do recommend in our dietary guidelines. So there's a discordance there that I think really needs to be looked at on a very deep systemic level. So some final questions here, because I think the people who are out there listening, you know, delighted with all this incredible information, people who are healthcare professionals or really anyone, how can we begin to understand some of the lack of access to healthy food and what can we do in our communities to, to remedy some of these racial disparities and really make a difference? What are some thoughts from you, Andrew? Yeah, I could just tell you from my own personal experience, when I tell people about the power of nutrition and what it does to their body and their health, their eyes light up. So for us, I think our job is to take a world, and quite frankly, when it comes to nutrition, is in black and white today, and add color. Add color so people see exactly the benefits of what they're putting in their diets every day. That's, I think, the, one of the most important things that we can do is take a black and white picture and add these beautiful colors so that there's a background to it, there's an understanding of it. And from there, it's empowering people, right? Empowering people to help them fill in the color in their life with plant-based foods and see what they can do. And I think that is something that has a really, really tremendous impact. People see that, they embrace it, they tell others about it. It's something that has kind of a, an effect that it's a ripple effect that goes. So as a healthcare professional, for me, the most important thing I can do, and typically it, today, unfortunately, it still happens, it's cookbook medicine. You come in and your cholesterol is high, and I write you a prescription and hope it goes down on your blood work. We need to change in that we talk about the most important thing that you do every day is what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. And I think if we could change the dialogue to that, it sets the stage for wonderful things to happen. And how about you, Common? If somebody is out there and they want to learn how to increase access to getting more healthy foods in underserved communities, where should they go? We have the power to empower ourselves by taking steps, as Andrew said. Some of that is just saying, man, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to put more colors into my diet and be simple. I'm going to make sure instead of this, I'm going to make sure I got a good drink or a gain that's, that's going to be beneficial to my body instead of something else that I've been drinking that's, that's going to have me over the wall, jumping over, you know, like in a bad way, you know, sugared up crazy. So it's like just finding cleaner solutions to your life. 
And that's from our perspective. The people who already are, I mean, I'm saying that's from our community's perspective of what we can do. Now, the people who are in power and are aware, it's up to us to go to those uncomfortable places and bring opportunities and access to these environments, to our people. The thing that got me with Andrew was when he told me, man, he said, listen, we started sending organic people who were dealing with cancer, even if they didn't have the money. You know, we just did it because that's changing people's lives. That's going beyond, that's caring for humanity. For me, it's like, we have to like, go to the uncomfortable places, go beyond just our monetary visions and goals and say, man, what can I do to make sure that this awareness and these health programs and these, this nutritional eating is given to those kids, to those people, to those, even the elderly who don't know. So I think it's, it's up to us to, to do that. And I hold myself responsible. Mary, I, I know you do it already. Andrew, I know you do it. So I'm holding myself responsible and I'm encouraging anybody listening that has access and believes in this way of life to do it. And even if you don't believe, I hope you do research to get you to believe. Those are, the, to me, the tears that we can work from. Absolutely. Sorry, Andrew, did you want to say something? No, I was just going to echo what Common was saying. I mean, I think it's our duty to do this. I was traveling last week in New York City and I was walking and someone next to me tripped and fell. And there was myself and three people that ran up and helped this person up, right? Same thing here. When we see someone that falls next to us, we rush to help them. And the, what we're talking about a lot of times, we don't see it. So we're not there to kind of lend a hand the way we should. But I can tell you, you know, it, it brought up that person falling really resonated with me because it had me think about everyone you know, around the world that is fallen, that does not see the things that we see and our duty to help them up in a variety of ways. So whether it's a food desert, whether it's making sure that we're helping or, you know, companies like Orgain being a light, you know, one of our core tenets, our values is to lend a hand. And that struck me. And it's important for all of us through any one of our platforms to lend a hand in any way that we can and to really shed a light on this situation and push it forward so we can make great progress. Well said by both of you. And I just want to recap that this is truly about awareness, education, empowerment. Food is medicine. Food is life. Taking small steps, whether it's increasing water, getting more diversity in the diet, going to those uncomfortable places, having those difficult conversations, and really creating a space where we can care for humanity to make a difference. So thank you both so much for your incredible wisdom, your insights, your experience, your knowledge, sharing your personal personal stories. And as Common wrote, I plant a seed for today that believes in tomorrow. Always a hopeful way to end the conversation. And thank you both so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. We look forward to having you join us for future episodes of the Good Clean Nutrition Podcast, sponsored by Orgain, where we'll interview more subject matter experts on a variety of health and nutrition-focused topics. To stay up to date on the latest episodes of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for tuning in, and boy, do I feel incredibly blessed to have been having this conversation today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.